This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Hello and welcome back to Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to know more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call. Our Lake Geneva, Wisconsin phone number is 262-729-4128. And our McHenry, Illinois phone number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to visit us on our website, which is www.kramer investmentservices.com. Kramer is spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while at my website, click on the media, library, and radio tabs to view our past shows. Subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify can also view our past shows. Uh, Please don't hesitate to reach out with us if you have any questions or if you'd like to set up a face-to-face meeting. For millions of Americans, life insurance is a tool that will allow family members to pay bills, go to college, or even support a family business if the insured person passes away. Ultimately, the thinking is if you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy, you have some degree of protection for your financial future. Before we get into the topic today of life insurance, let me introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me once again on your show. This is going to be a good one because I think a lot of people have misconceptions about life insurance, and it's one of those topics that, you know, people feel they know maybe at least a little bit about, uh, but, you know, I mean, a person passes away and their beneficiaries receive a financial payout. Simple enough, but like so many other elements of our financial lives, especially finances and, uh, you know, retirement income planning and retirement If you dig below the surface, you'll discover that it's a lot more complicated. And before we get into that, though, how are you doing today, Jim? Hey, Tony, I'm doing good. Um, Just got back into town uh, from a trip, and I've just been doing a lot of catch-up and and working. Um, But uh, I'm I'm excited. The weather looks like it's going to be nice here this weekend. Uh, going to get into the 70s, which is great. Uh, we wow. have we have not had a lot of that, so I'm looking no. forward to being outside. And and uh, I got to do some catching up with my with my grass. I haven't mowed it yet, and uh, I don't. All the other neighbors have mowed their lawn in the area except for me, so I don't want to be the outcast. I have to yeah. step up my game a little bit. <laughs> you you might have to. I've actually already mowed my lawn, so. Uh, yeah, it is going to be. I'm looking forward to getting outside, too. It's going to be nicer. And, uh, you know, I, I've mowed it, but that's it. I haven't done the I, I really should have put on the the weed and feed yes. uh, on my lawn to keep those dandelions and things away. So there's a lot of work to be done out there, Jim. But you know what? There's a lot of work to be done in here on the show to help our listeners out. Uh, so uh, this is a, an important one, right? Insurance. Right, right. So the first part of the topic we're going to talk about is 
regarding the beneficiaries of a life insurance policy. So a recent Forbes article, 10 Things Life Insurance Beneficiaries Should Know, has some excellent insight into this topic. The first thing a beneficiary should know is that they don't need a physical copy of the policy to make a claim. Now, this may seem obvious to some, but for a lot of people, they're overwhelmed. What do I do in this situation? It's an extremely important step because after someone you care about has died, the last thing you need is the stress of trying to track down a life insurance uh, policy or paperwork. After all, many uh, people purchase a life insurance policies years before their passing, which just increases the likelihood that that policy is going to get lost in the shuffle. If you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy, you only need to know the name of the life insurance company. And from there, you can just reach out and inform them that the um, the insured has passed away. And then they'll take it from there and get you what you need, which will be at first will be the claim form that you need to complete. Well, and that's a really good point to start off with, Jim. Honestly, I would have expected that a beneficiary would need to have the paper policy to get that process started. All right. Well, you don't need the actual policy to file a claim, Tony. You will need to know, you'll need to provide the life insurance company with a copy of the death certificate. And once uh, you've okay. submitted the claim form along with the death certificate, uh, you should be, uh, at least that'll get the ball rolling in order for the payout to happen. Right. And in my experience, the, the people handling the funeral arrangements can help you secure certified copies of the death certificate on your behalf. And so that'll help make the process a little less stressful and make sure you ask for multiple copies because you might need to prove to multiple, multiple businesses and places uh, that passing. That's a really good point, Tony. It's good to have people on your side at what would be a grief-filled and dramatic time in your life. And having yeah. those extra copies, that's very good. Uh, that you brought that up. Another thing that our listeners should bear in mind is that a life insurance payout is tax-free. I'm going to repeat that again. Life insurance benefits are tax-free to the beneficiaries, no matter how large that payout is. According to the Forbes article, you don't have to report life insurance proceeds as income unless the policy was transferred to you for cash or other valuable consideration. Those standards do not apply to most beneficiaries. Yeah. Yeah. So to most beneficiaries, when they get, if someone passes and their life insurance left them, let's say a million dollars, you get that million dollars as the beneficiary tax-free. Right. Right. Wow. So another potential factor that people should be aware of is that they might not get the full policy face value, the actual death benefit as it shows on the policy. As you can probably guess, the policy's face amount is simply a number stated on the application, like say $1 million. However, the face amount may not be available at the time of the person's passing. Uh, if the policy was a cash value life insurance contract and the policy owner took withdrawals against that cash value or loans weren't paid back, the life insurance company will pay out a reduced amount accordingly. Oh, okay. That's, that's good to know. And I'm guessing that wrinkle caught the attention of some of our listeners out there today. Give us an example of this. Yes, I can do that. So let's say the policy in question had a face amount of $1 million, but the policy owner took a $50,000 loan from the cash value, which is inside these types of policies, and neglected to pay it back before their death. Many people take out a loan, and with life insurance, you do not have to pay that back. Uh, but the life insurance payout will be 
reduced accordingly by that $50,000 amount plus an annual interest rate that the policy uh, contract will state if you do take out that loan. And since many, so I, sorry, go ahead. Well, so, so Jim, basically I want to let everyone know that has a policy listing me as the beneficiary not to take loans from it. <laughs> um, very good. I like that. Uh, that's not the that's not the attitude I'm supposed to have, though. Um, no, I I completely understand, <laughs> Tony, that you would think about yourself in that uh, sure. situation. So and that's why I like you. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead. No, you're good. Um, and since the beneficiary may not even know about the policy, let alone the policy owner's actions, they may be surprised with that reduced amount. Um, in that situation. Well, yeah, it would. And, you know, I think this is really important. We're talking about what we need to know about life insurance. And I think you brought up some really important points. Where do you want to take us next? Okay. So regarding that Forbes article, 10 things life insurance beneficiaries should note. uh, The next thing is um, that the company will only pay the people listed as beneficiaries. Simply put, a life insurance policy is a contract and the insurance company is bound to pay only the beneficiaries who are listed on that policy. Now, again, that might sound uh, very obvious to many people, but for some people, you know, that might not be the case. So it doesn't matter if heirs or heirs or beneficiaries are named in a will or other important documents, the beneficiaries listed on that policy trumps any of those documents. So what that means in the end is if a person argues that they deserve the money from a life insurance payout and they wish to file a claim, their words are meaningless unless they, they are specifically listed on that policy at the time of death. Wow. Okay. So I think the notion that the life insurance policy trumps what's stated in a will is critically important. And I I don't think a lot of people realize this. So any type of account where you have a beneficiary designation, that beneficiary designation is going to take precedent over anything you say in your will. So make sure you keep those beneficiary designations up to date, I guess. Yeah, very true. And I'm, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big deal, right? That's right. And when it comes to contracts and documentations and things of that sort, our listeners should always know that if they're one of the beneficiaries of a life insurance policy, they don't have the right to know what the other benef- who the other beneficiaries are. The life insurance contract dictates the percentage payout of each named beneficiary. And accordingly, it's possible that after you file a claim, you'll find out just uh, one of multiple beneficiaries. Naturally, you're going to want to know who the other beneficiaries are, but the life insurance company will keep that information private. Along those same lines, if you aren't the policyholder, you aren't going to be able to find out who is the beneficiaries to that policy either. Right. And that's interesting. I'm sure a lot of people out there, or some people at least, have tried to figure out who else is getting a piece of that life insurance payout, but financial data is private for a good reason. And I've been doing this, Tony, for a number of years, and this does happen. Uh, the people that we've done life insurance with, there's been calls at times of people wanting to know this type of information, and we do not release that information uh, to anybody in that situation. Now, it's also along those same lines, it's possible that you won't know if a policy in which you're the beneficiary has lapsed. 
if that policy owner stopped making payments and let that policy lapse, there won't be a payout to collect. However, if the payment stopped recently because the policy owner was ill during the last few months of their life, for example, you may be able to pay back those premiums and then be able to reach or receive that life insurance payout. Well, Jim, just don't stop making payments on that life insurance policy that you named me a beneficiary. Yeah, I was going to say that if I named you as the beneficiary, I'll be sure <laughs> to disregard all of my other loved ones, Tony, and I'll, I'll just right. you know, make sure that we pay the one on yours. Sure. So here's a, question, here's a question I've always had about life insurance, though, Jim, in all seriousness. If you don't know you're a beneficiary, in, in like in the case of your policies, I'm like wondering, huh, co-host, maybe I made it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but will life insurance companies try to find you if you're listed? Uh, you know, the answer to that is actually it depends. The life insurance company won't necessarily know if one of their customers have died. Therefore, if you know that you're a beneficiary, you should let the company know that the policy owner has, has recently passed away. Under recent settlements in certain states, insurers are now obligated to routinely check for the deaths of policyholders. They'll typically do this by checking their policyholders against a government database of deaths. Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, one of the things I'm curious about also, Jim, is how the actual payout works. Will a check arrive in the mail or is somebody going to show up at your door with a briefcase full of cash? How does that work? Well, I can say with absolute confidence, Tony, that a briefcase full of cash won't be a part of the equation, but <laughs> you'll likely have a lot of choices when it comes to payouts. And some of these other options may be very, very attractive to some. For many, a lump sum payout is typically going to be the most uh, often chose or chosen option, but many other life insurance co contracts offer beneficiaries choices other than a lump sum. A common one is an installment over a number of years, perhaps five to 10 years. Regular payments for the rest of their lives could be another frequent option chosen. Much like it does with an annuity, the insurance company offers regular payments for the rest of the beneficiary's life. But be aware that once the beneficiary dies, the payment stops, regardless of whether the original death benefit amount has been fully paid. Ah, okay. And that's good information to know. So here's another question I know a lot of people are probably curious about, Jim. How long does it typically take to receive a payout from a life insurance policy? That's a very good question that you, you've asked that, Tony. So once you've submitted the paperwork, which is your claim form and a copy of the death certificate, your payout will be, for, for the most uh, part, it's going to be rather quick. In some cases, the payment could arrive in, in as little as a week. But a good rule of thumb, you should at least give about a month's turnaround time for that check to arrive. Sometimes it could be longer. It really depends on the insurance company involved here. Sure, sure. And, you know, we're talking about what you need to know about life insurance, and this has been an eye-opening chat so far. What do you have next for us? All right, so let's talk about the purchase of life insurance. A recent Investopedia article, Is Life Insurance a Smart Investment?, presents a full picture of what buying life insurance can do for your overall financial strategy. So a life, insur life insurance generally falls into two different types of categories, permanent and term insurance. Term life insurance is similar to auto insurance. You pay a, a certain amount each month and if something bad happens, in this case you pass away, a benefit is paid out. If something bad doesn't happen during that agreed upon term, which is something that you hope happens that you don't pass away, then you don't receive any benefit, but you're glad that that didn't happen. Conversely, 
Permanent life insurance has an investment element and allows the policy to build cash value. And the cash value component can be used to invest and borrow on during your lifetime. And permanent insurance is designed for just that. It's to cover you for the rest of your life. So tell us a little bit more about permanent life insurance then. All right. One of the things you should consider when it comes to permanent life insurance, Tony, is that you get tax deferred growth, which means that you don't have to pay taxes on any interest, dividends, or capital gains on the cash value piece of your life insurance contract until you withdraw it. However, certain tax benefits already exist within IRAs, 401ks, and 403bs, but this one also gives you some tax uh, deferred advantages. So if you're already maxing out your contributions to your retirement accounts, life insurance could be a good option for which you to get some higher potential gains for a fairly conservative investment, uh, at least compared to the banks that you're getting, and have some tax advantages, so to speak. Okay, so does permanent life insurance come with any time requirements? No, uh, Tony, you can keep uh, most policies through the age of 120. As long as you're keeping up with those payments, therefore permanent life insurance is sometimes touted over term insurance because you don't lose your coverage after a set number of years. But term life insurance has a set term. And for many individuals, uh, most people are going to outlive that term, or at least the insurance company is hoping for it. Um, But if you want to keep that term policy beyond the set term, you can do that. But the premiums are going to go sky high at that point in time. And the vast majority of people, unless you're terminally ill, are not going to want to do that. Right. Well, and that's a really good distinction, Jim. I'm glad you clarified that. So what's next? One thing that's positive about that is you can often borrow against the policy's cash value. On the other hand, if you put money in a 401k or or similar product and want to take money out for something other than retirement, you have to pay penalties. But be aware, though, that this might not be a wise move to dip into your retirement savings uh, because it's going to cost you more in the long run, especially with uh, penalties and or borrowing charges. And the same thing rule applies with permanent life insurance. Borrowing on that life insurance contract will permanently potentially reduce your life insurance benefits to your loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. Okay. So we've covered permanent. Uh, you've, you've described that pretty well. Walk us through some of the pros and cons of term life insurance. Okay. I'll be happy to, Tony. So when you buy a term life insurance policy, your premiums go to secure a death benefit for your beneficiaries. Term life insurance, unlike permanent life insurance, does not have any does not have any cash value, and therefore doesn't have an investment component at all. So, if you're still alive when your term ends, the policy will typically lapse, and you and your beneficiaries don't receive anything. But I think it's important to remember that when it comes to term life insurance, you're paying a fairly small premium, at least in comparison to a permanent life insurance policy, uh, for the knowledge that if you do pass away during that term. The people you love and care about will receive a pretty sizable death benefit. Wow. Okay. Provide, give us an example then of term life insurance, Jim. Okay. So let's say you had a non-smoking 30-year-old woman who's in excellent health, may be able to get a 20-year term policy in today's age for, let's say, about a $1 million benefit would cost about $480 a year. So for less than $500 a year, you can get a $1 million policy. Now, if this person were to die at age 49, that would be 19 years into the policy, their beneficiaries would receive that full $1 million 
uh, death benefit, even though she only put in or paid $9,120 over that uh, 19-year span. So a pretty good deal there. Um, but unfortunately, we don't want to pass away early on in life. Term life insurance may be may prove to be an excellent investment if your beneficiaries were ever to use it. Of course, if, if you're in the majority of a group whose people will never file a claim, it has been a bad investment for many individuals. But as we know, we never know what's going to happen to us in life. And that's why we own insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's the just in case that you're paying for in that situation and you're pay, really paying for peace of mind. And you have right. to ask yourself how much that's worth. What, uh, give us an example. That was a good example of how term life insurance works. Give us another uh, numerical example of how permanent life insurance would work then. Okay, so let's use the same uh, woman in this example. She's 30 years old. She's healthy. If she were to purchase that same $1 million policy, and instead of a term policy, she purchases a whole life insurance policy from, let's say, that same company, her annual premium that she would pay would be $9,370 a year, which is about the full amount that she would have paid over 19 years for that same term life insurance policy of a million dollars. Now, however, this policy is building cash value. So after five years, the policy's cash value uh, would be $19,880 with, uh, though you have to consider, $46,850 were paid into the policy. After the 10th year, we start to see the cash value get closer and closer to the amount of money that she paid into this policy. So she would have over $65,000 in cash value at that point. However, she's put in over $93,000 of premium. After the 20th year, the premiums and the cash value are almost identical. So if she were, let's say, to cash out of that policy, she would get all of her money back if she wanted to. However, she's got a a lot of money that she's put into this policy that if she wanted to start pulling it out, there's a big tax advantage. And she wouldn't pay taxes on essentially the first $181,000 that she's put into this policy because it's a first in, first out Uh, tax arrangement, which means every dollar you put in, you pull that money out first. You put in your, you pull out your contributions first, which means you don't pay any taxes on it. So all the gains made, that could eventually be taxed to you. But there's a big advantage with life insurance in how to be able to use that money and take it out uh, if you do need to do that. Of course, again, I caution people about that because there's always a borrowing charge which can really reduce the value of your death benefit. The downside though, the same money invested in a way that allows the market return uh, could grow faster. So money invested in the market can typically over time do well, but again, the purchase of life insurance is for what could go wrong. And since we don't have that crystal ball that you and I have spoken about before, Tony, that's why we have life insurance. There's some big advantages to it. Obviously the death benefit is the biggest reason, But for permanent life insurance, there's some big tax advantages should you be able to use this during your retirement. Yeah. Well, this has been another great episode, but we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, just to mention to everybody, if you have any questions about your financial strategy, I encourage you to visit my website at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com or call my offices in Lake Geneva. Our number is 262 
729-4128. In McHenry, Illinois, our phone number is 815-331-8096. You know, feel free to call us if you have any questions or if you wish to schedule a consultation. Um, you know, it's always a good thing to do if you already have a financial strategy is to get a second opinion. And we cover a number of areas, which includes insurance. Uh, I do a lot of money management, but I'm happy to talk to you in a number of different facets. Our goal to help you prepare for your retirement that you worked very hard for. All right. Thanks, Jim. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramer Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representative representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.